You're listening to episode 24 of Brave and Boss the Podcast. I'm your host, Christy. I'm excited to be sharing with you a little bit of a mindset busting podcast on the six negative thoughts that impact your success. And by your success, I mean how much money you make in your business. So let's dig in. Welcome to Brave and Boss, a podcast for the purpose-driven founder who wants to grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. I'm the CEO and founder of the Ethical Fashion Line Encircled, a conscious business coach and passionate about helping you break through your limits and build a brand that matters. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Christy Sumer. Thank you so much for joining me again. If you're a subscriber to this podcast, if not, welcome to the podcast. My name is Christy Sumer. I'm the founder of Brave and Boss, as well as the founder of Encircled, an ethical e-commerce fashion brand and a coach for Marie Forleo's B-School. And I am really excited about this episode, not only because I'm a little bit excited to not have to talk about the pandemic, um, but I really want to talk about mindset, which is something that I'm really passionate about. And one of the reasons why it's something that I'm passionate about is because I felt like mindset has been something that I've had to personally work on continuously being an entrepreneur. And oftentimes when I get coaching clients, um, you know, a lot of them know what to do, but their mindset is what actually what holds them back from doing what they need to do. So I think it's kind of one of those unsung topics of um, business training that is not talked about a lot to product-based entrepreneurs. You often see these like mindset coaches and, um, you know, I follow some of them online and I like their content, but some of them are just like coaches selling to coaches. They're like, you're, you take my coaching program on mindset, how to be a mindset coach, and then you can be a mindset coach. And it's just like, what? This is bananas. But, um, I like it because I like to see inspiring quotes and stuff like that. And I like people to push me to think differently about things. And the thing I like about these mindset coaches is that they have no problems and qualms selling themselves and being positive and all this good stuff. And as product-based business owners, um, we're definitely way more rooted in pragmatism and we're very practical because we're selling physical products. And that really changes the game. When somebody is selling a digital product that they've created and provided that they haven't had to put that much money into it, there's really not that much of a sunk cost. But when you have $250,000 worth of inventory sitting in a warehouse, you operate a little bit more differently, right? So, and you also have product margins because you have cost that goes into stuff. Whereas a digital product, for sure, it has a margin to a certain extent because there's a cost of selling and transaction fees and stuff like that. But once you've kind of invested the time to make it, you know, it, it's a lot more profitable after that. So, um, it's just a different business model. So, I find um, following people who work in um, these kind of mindset coaching areas to be really interesting. Um, and it's definitely impacted me and made me think differently. There's something called um, limiting beliefs. And in its simplest definition, basically, this is like the beliefs that you create yourself to limit your success. It's almost like self-sabotage. And I, for one, am raising my hand right now that I am absolutely terrible at this. 
I am great at self-sabotaging. I always have been. I am a recovering perfectionist. I came from a family who, you know, came from a war-torn country, came to Canada extremely poor, um, and has always kind of, despite their success, always felt like, you know, everything could be taken away at any time. And um, that just creates your mindset, like how your parents, you know, if you're listening to this and thinking, wow, that is not my experience at all. Um, how your parents think about money and how they raised you will really impact your mindset. So I started to do a lot of deep dive into this type of work, um, mainly when I came across like people like Rachel Hollis and Tony Robbins, because they talk a lot about, you know, a fixed versus a growth mindset. And I've always wanted a growth mindset. However, I've always struggled with historically just having a fixed mindset from my upbringing. Um, so I've done a lot of work on this and I was actually about to hire a mindset coach right when the pandemic happened. And I plan to do that still. She's much more um, chilled than some of those ones you see bathing in baths of money. Um, but I really find that just like reading books and listening to podcasts can really help challenge your way of thinking. However, these things, these limiting beliefs can definitely impact your business. They can hold you back. They can make you not take opportunities. They can, you know, make you dampen your success. I think uh, primarily my audience is women who listen to this podcast. And one thing that we're taught as little girls is to not be too loud. Don't be too bossy. Um, don't be too smart um, or too athletic. Um, I often tell the story about how um, I was like pretty competitive athlete growing up. And, you know, even at a young age, I was really good at pretty much anything that involved hand-eye coordination. I would say I'm probably not that way now. Um, but, and I remember playing like softball and we were beating a team really, really badly. It was all girls softball. And my coach said, bat the other way or else you can't bat. Um, and I couldn't understand why, because I just wanted to hit another home run. And he's like, well, you're going to hurt their feelings. Um, and I don't think a boys team would have ever heard that. So, and I also remember people making fun of girls for being too smart and, you know, and just feeling like I kind of wanted to dumb myself down for the boys, which is crazy, right? Like this is all crazy. And I really hope I don't have kids, but I really hope this is not what happens in school now. And that like girl power is alive and well, I really, really hope, but I suspect there's still a little bit of this going around. Um, so, with that said, I want to kind of get into these six negative thoughts that impact your success. And basically, if you relate to any of these, like raise your hand, write them down and take some notes. Um, the biggest thing is just to have that self-awareness. So notice if these resonate with you. And if they do resonate with you, think about the opposite thoughts you can create and the affirmations you can create to think differently around this and the actions that you can take in your business. All right, number one, it's not okay to make money. This is one that I see very often with purpose-driven entrepreneurs. So those who have businesses that have sustainable or ethical components, um, there's a hesitation to, um, you know, um, be open with money and talking about how much money you're making. And that kind of bleeds down into your pricing. Um, because they feel like they need to, you know, price to somebody who can afford the product, which is great. But if you're not pricing to a point where, 
you can build a sustainable business, meaning that you can scale at that price and pay yourself and pay others good wages, then you don't have a business. So it is totally okay to make money. It is actually more than okay to make money doing something sustainable and ethical that's good for the planet. Um, That is not capitalizing. That is not um, manipulative. It is totally, decently, amazingly okay to make money doing what you love. Um, The next one I'm going to talk about is my product isn't good enough to charge more. So this kind of bleeds into the other one, but oftentimes I see women downplaying um, how great their product is. And I've done this too, for sure. Like I'm not the best salesperson, but downplaying like the quality of their product. And one thing I suggest if you are one who does this and say like, oh, I don't know, like my blankets are okay. They're not that great. Like go out there and buy some other products that are commonly available and compare them. Um, And this is what I kind of did when I started having like mindset issues around this. I said, okay, my product isn't good enough to charge more or is it? So I start to question these beliefs. And so I went out and I bought a bunch of V-necks. This is way back. Um, And I washed them and I wore them and I realized, you know what? My product's pretty darn good. It doesn't shrink after you wash it. It keeps its color. It's not pilling. This is a great quality product. So if you can't talk yourself out of it, then maybe you need to test it and really test your assumptions and see if that's not the case. And again, this comes back to the it's not okay to make money. Um, It's okay to charge a fair price. If you're making a t-shirt in the US from a sustainable fabric, you can't retail your t-shirt for $19. It just doesn't make sense. You need to have a margin, ideally of 60% or more, um, 80% if you can take it and don't feel bad about it. There are brands out there selling crap at high margins. You wouldn't believe the margins on some stuff. Like when I listened to this podcast the other day on skincare, their margins are astronomical um, in skincare. Granted, they have to do a lot more sampling and stuff like that, and some of their products have expiry dates. But, you know, in particular, I'm talking to the clothing retailers who are listening to this um, or home goods. You know, find that intersection of quality with price and value um, so that you can overstep this one. This episode is sponsored by Gorgeous. I am super excited that one of my favorite apps for my Shopify store is sponsoring the podcast this month. If you haven't heard of Gorgeous, they're the number one help desk for e-commerce. What's a help desk? Well, it takes your customer service email address and essentially turns it into a customer support machine. Now more than ever, providing timely customer service is so, so important. Gorgeous is an all-in-one help desk that integrates directly with your Shopify store. So no more flipping screens back and forth. You can process returns, check customer history right from the same window. Gorgeous also integrates with Instagram and Facebook, so responding to those comments on ads and your posts is a breeze. If you've got a team, this tool is definitely a must-have. You can create quick replies, automatic rules, internal notes, and track metrics related to your team's performance. It even has a built-in live chat function for your website. I've been using Gorgeous for over a year now, and I'm a huge, huge fan. Head to the link in the show notes to learn more about Gorgeous. That's G-O-R-G-I-A-S. Mention you heard about them on the Brave and Boss podcast, and they'll give you your second month free. Now, back to the show. All right, so number three in the list of negative thoughts that impact your success I hate selling slash I'm not good at sales slash ads are pushy slash I don't want to draw attention or promote myself or my business. 
This one is a doozy. I could talk about this for a whole episode and maybe I'll schedule that, but I can totally feel you. When I first started in circles, I did not want to be front and center. I didn't want to come across too pushy. I didn't want people to... I felt like if my friends were buying stuff from me, they felt sorry for me um, in some weird way. And I didn't want to look too pushy. And I remember, um, you know, my... uh, I think it was like this owner of this yoga studio I go to commenting once, and this is a while ago, this is like five years ago, saying that, um, wow, you really promote your brand a lot. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm, I guess I'm like kind of slimy. I don't know. And I don't think she meant it that way. I think she just meant like, wow, I see you like talking about it a lot. That's great. But for me, it really triggered that like, ooh, am I being too pushy kind of thing. But you know what? You are running a business. You are entitled to sell. You are allowed to promote. You are allowed to do ads. You are allowed to push people to buy. Um, You are allowed to draw attention to yourself. Um, If you're not doing it, somebody else is going to do it and they're going to steal that attention. A great example is um, the... Uh, a product we launched somewhat recently and encircled in late March. Um, We started doing face masks for the community. And I was very hesitant to promote them um, anywhere. I didn't even really want to talk about that we were doing them because I didn't want people to think that we were trying to capitalize on the pandemic. Um, But, um, you know, we got a ton of organic traffic and we're able to sell a lot of them through that way. But what do I see now? All these articles popping up from Elle Canada and Flair Magazine and Chatelaine and all these publications like the top fashion brands making masks. And you know what? We were pretty close to first to market in that space and didn't really capitalize that much on it. We got some organic press mentions, but I could have done a lot better if I'd actually pitched myself. But there you can see my work is to get over myself and pitch myself and stop worrying about what people think, which is something common, I think, along uh, among a lot of people. Um, but, y- you know, you're selling, y- you're not, f- you have to feel proud of the product you're selling. And I know that most of you who are listening to this do. Um, so if you had a product that you think your customer would love, wouldn't you want them to have it? That's how I have to think about sales. I'm not a natural salesperson. I have a good friend of mine, Sarah. She's in food sales and she is a natural salesperson. Like she could come and sell. She'll ask for the sale. Like she, if somebody says no, she'll ask again. I am not that person at all. I am like the worst self-promoter, but it's something that all of us need to get over because ultimately you need to sell your brand. You need to sell your products. You need to sell yourself. And if you want to get like investment or press, you need to be confident in that. Um, I see this as one of the biggest ones that holds um, particularly female founders back because naturally we're just not taught to do this. Um, So the more you can kind of practice the skill of selling whenever you have the chance, whether it's in customer service email, on Instagram or whatever, do that. It's like a muscle. You got to work it out. All right. So the fourth negative thought that impacts your success I don't want to market too much in case I can't supply demand. This is one of my favorites because I used to think this as well. And it actually came true at one point in my business. And what I'm going to say to this is that um, good problem. 
you've created so much demand you can't supply it. Amazing. So number one, there's ways to manage that. So if you actually start marketing your product and you have too much success, you could hire people to make your product. You could do pre-orders. You could build a wait list. Um, there's ways to manage it. So this really shouldn't hold you back from marketing too much. Um, it will happen to you most likely anyways. If you were running a new business and you get a press hit or you get some influencer who mentions you, you may have a moment where you didn't plan properly for your product and you're out of stock. I remember like in the first few years of business, we were out of stock all the time, mainly because I had no idea what I was doing in terms of replenishment and managing inventory, um, but also because we were just having such unpredictable demand. You know, when you're growing double, triple, quadruple digits, there's no way you can get that right. Um, so don't let that hold you back from marketing. Let the marketing happen. Let m- customers come. Build up so much demand that you have a wait list. How amazing would that be? All right, so the fifth negative thought I want to tackle is I'm not an expert in anything. So this one often comes up when um, we're talking about press pitching. So when I tell coaching clients to pitch themselves to the press um, or uh, when I ask coaching clients, you know, to create blog content um, or something like that. You are the expert in your business fundamentally because you're the one running it. Um, And then whatever you're selling, you're also probably pretty well versed in that. So if you're making candles, you know a lot about candles. You know a lot about how to select the perfect wick. What kinds of waxes are there? You know, what kind of fragrances can you use? What's healthy for you know, a pregnant woman to burn in their apartment versus not, what would be a good fragrance-free option? Like, you know stuff. You are an expert by virtue of the fact that you've made a product. Like, most people don't know that. That's not, like, commonly available knowledge. Um, So you are an expert in your product. And that's important because when you're pitching yourself, and I'll give you a pro tip. When I sat on this call a couple of weeks ago with these female entrepreneurs, really successful female entrepreneurs, the one thing they said, which I thought was super interesting, was um, all the press that they've gotten for themselves, like the biggest press, they've pitched themselves. And these are like multi-multi-millionaires. So they do their own press pitching. So you got to get comfortable around being an expert and pitching yourself because that's really important. And then you also have to take that expertise and take it into your content marketing. So you need to, you know, do blog posts writing about candles and different wick types and fragrance oils. Don't just do one big post about all of that. Break that into like 10 mini topics about it. Or like how to select the perfect fragrance online. Like that would be a great blog post. Um, And then this also plays into your email opt-in bonus, which I talk about a lot in my upcoming email course. Um, You know, you want to develop something your customers would love that you have knowledge to share with them on. Um, I just think stepping into those shoes of expertise and really owning that is super key to how you show up in your content marketing, social media, and press and PR. And so just embrace that thought. I am an expert because I built this business from the ground up. Okay, the last negative thought I'm going to tackle that impacts your success is does the world need another blank? So this is one that comes up often, um, you know, when people are early stage figuring out what type of business they want to build, you know, does the world need another 
fragrance-free deodorant? Or does the world need another um, circle towel? Or does the need, world need another um, sustainable swimsuit? There's all these topics like this that come up. And, um, you know, oftentimes this comes from a fear, a fear of failure, because you're already projecting that, you know, something might go wrong and nobody's going to buy your product. So you're starting to ask yourself if the world actually needs what you got. But the reality is, is that there are a gazillion Let's use swimmer as an example. There are a ton of recycled polyester swimmer brands out there and activewear brands. And you know what? They're starting up every day and some of them are becoming very successful still because how you create your brand and how you bring it to market is unique to you. Only you can do it in that way. And yes, another brand can copy you, but they can't do it sustainably because you are you and you're unique for a reason. So the world does need another whatever you're selling. Tell yourself that. You're bringing something really great to the world. Most entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast are purpose-driven business owners. They're really intentional and mindful. They have conscious businesses. It is likely the world needs another whatever you're making because 98% of the businesses out there are not embracing these types of values. So think of the opportunity to capture more of that market share with the products that you're creating. All right, so those are my six negative thoughts that impact your success. I'd love to hear how this resonated. Head on over to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash brave and boss, and we'll chat all about this topic. See you guys there. Bye. Thank you for listening to Brave and Boss, the podcast. If you want to take your e-commerce brand to the next level, be sure to check out my website at christysumer.com, where you can find all the show notes, free resources, and blog posts and principles to help you grow your online store. You can also follow me at K-R-I-S-T-I-S-O-O-M-E-R on Instagram. Find your purpose, make it happen. I'll talk to you soon.